I just like I had a beer and I pounded it down pretty quickly. It was feeling a bit lightheaded. Oh. Um, oh. He's had a beer. <laughs> I haven't tonight. I was at his last night. Um, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll go for the second one because I'd run out of Coke. So I was just like, oh, I bet. And I hadn't run out of Coke. I don't even know why. I, went. I think I just saw it in the fridge and thought I'd be a good idea. So I had the second one, pounded that down pretty quick. Then, Joe, you went to bed. Um, in that period of drunkenness, I spent £30 on a Teach Yourself Korean like, book and CD pack. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so I was already a little bit pissed, obviously, because I wouldn't obviously do that sober. Oh, that's um, hilarious. But it just got better, because I was just like, right, uh, I'm already like on the plateau of drunk. I'll just see if I can keep it going, which is the worst thing in the world. So I found like uh, a, f- a partly drunk bottle of vodka in my room. It was like, right, I'll just I'll start finishing this. That's all good. It'll go with the coke I've got left. Happy days. And I just got progressively more drunk because I drank it quite quickly. And um, I started chatting to this random American woman on Facebook. <laughs> and I was like, you, do you use Skype? So I started chatting to her on that. She was like, I'm going to go and walk my dogs. If I'm still online when I get back, I'll Skype you. I was like, all right, I'll stay online. I was like, in the meantime, I'm getting really hungry. <laughs> so I went downstairs. Got to try and find something quick to eat. There's nothing. So I got a whole bag of uh, tagliatelle and just threw it in a pan. <laughs> threw a load of cheese on top. It's the most pasta you've ever seen in one plate. Just started pounding it down with this fork. I think I've ever eaten something so quickly. Uh, in another period, I just like trying to play some game. Realised I was pissed out of my face and just like, oh, just lost horrendously. Um... Finished this food and I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it for this woman coming back. I'll just go to bed. <laughs> so I just went to bed. The whole room's spinning and I'm starting to feel a little queasy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and then that's when I went to the toilet and I thought, right, it's better just to get, get out of the way now and get out of my system. So I stuck a couple of fingers down my throat <laughs> and, uh, and then just dry heave for about 20, 25 minutes, like just these... It was bolus after bolus of like cheesy pasta balls just coming like, <laughs> out. With, like, and it just tasted of bile and vodka and cheese. It was fucking great. So grim. <laughs> and then um, I had a fag out my window. I was like, I'll have a fag before I go to bed, clear my head. And I heard what I thought was someone breaking in. It wasn't in the end of like, in, like retrospect, it was just cows in the field making loads of noise, like chewing on bags. So I woke up in the morning, like, and I just rolled over and there was just like a hammer next to me. So I'd obviously come to bed with a hammer just in case someone broke in. And in my drunken state, I somehow could have fought them off. But the best part in all of this is that I was so drunk that when I woke up, I, I genuinely thought it was a dream. But I woke up, rolled over and just saw this water jug with this layer of pasta, cheese and bile at the bottom of it. And I was like, oh, that did actually happen. Oh, I've, been, I've had experiences like that as well, though. Like when I, you know, when I worked at the bar, that's such an amazing story, by the way, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's really hard. I felt so rough this morning. Because like, I, I thought basically I went to bed, so, oh, Jamie, I'll probably pop up to bed in about five minutes. <laughs> and while I was asleep, all of this was going on. Welcome to episode nine of Double Magic Able. Today we're going to be talking all about sport. I'm here with Casey. Hello. And Jack. Hey. And let's get into it. Is anyone going to volunteer to do a question first? No. I won, so I will go first. Seems fair. Yeah, we'll Commendable. Once more. 
Well, you know, I've, is it two weeks in a row now I've won, I think? You did, yeah. <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I don't know, I can't think of any sports players who it's relevant to, so I'm just going to segue. Nicely. <laughs> well, we are, we are talking. We are talking about sports, so you know it's a it's a segue. Okay. If I'd have actually come up with a sports player's name, it would have been a better segue. But yeah. Right. So my question. Yeah. Was if you could introduce an animal into any sport, what would you be? What would it be? Right. Right. Okay. And what did you go with? Well, I mean, in my eyes, you can go two ways with this question. You can either use um, like some superior ability that an animal has to kind of motivate and push the limits of the sport, or you can just like cause mayhem. So I decided to go with the latter option, and I think I want to allow a limited number of ostrich to play rugby. <laughs> when you say limited number, well, I think was it fifteen to a team? So I reckon four. Oh yeah, because there, there's always been so many studies into the balance yeah. of the ostrich. Well, no, I mean I thought I thought about it. I mean I had I was on my lunch break when I was coming up with these, and I was like, well, three is just not enough. And if you go if you go too many, it just gets a bit silly, doesn't it? So does it play uh, an existing position? Or is it just... <laughs> it's more like a roaming player. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like an ostrich is you know it's pretty big and quick and, and strong. I mean Casey can vouch for this. He studied zoology, so yeah. Like an ostrich, uh, I think it has, has like good fundamentals for sport. I think. Um, well, I also think yeah. I think they'd be like pretty good in like the ruck and mall, and it'd just be hilarious. What, to watch. How would they be good in the ruck and mall? Because because they're strong, you know, and they can like you go when you see them like they get like pretty low to the ground, and you know. They got a lot of leg power. Uh, well, I just think I think they I think they're a good animal for it, and I think it'd just be hilarious watching like feathers going everywhere and like ostriches getting proper ruck. <laughs> and it just it just be such a chaotic mess. <laughs> I think they'd break their necks quite easily. Oh well, I, mean, I also think you know. There'd be a high mortality rate. Yeah, but it's... for humans and ostriches, that because <laughs> yeah. I think an ostrich should be pretty scrappy as well, like pretty dirty. Yeah. It's like a pretty dirty animal. It does. If, if you get an ostrich swipe to your body, you're just gonna die. Yeah, it'd be, <laughs> it would like it would like bite and like get in their raking with like is it talons that? Ostriches yeah, have? yeah, yeah. They have they have immensely powerful yeah. legs, so you would just die. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me finish. Let me finish. I haven't finished yet. I always think line outs would be really good. You imagine like a couple of grown, <laughs> couple of grown men trying to lift up an ostrich, <laughs> and then you know, oh, yeah. for a final thought, you know, grown man trying to tackle an ostrich. Your argument is irrelevant. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh my god. So, an, any questions? <laughs> Does no. the ostrich? Do you reckon you could teach an ostrich anything? Okay, so well, I think as as the but, expert of, of us, I'm not saying you're an expert, but out of the three of us, you probably know the most about they ostriches. They have absolutely tight brains. You could teach it. You could teach it basic things, but nothing, nothing like more than you could teach a pigeon. Really. Well, if you could teach it like ball equals food, it's some <laughs> yeah. kind of positive reinforcement. Yeah, yeah. They constantly home for it. <laughs> well, I think I mean you don't need to be smart to play rugby anyway. And I think if you have it as like just a a bruiser kind of guy, in which they're pretty aggressive anyway, so they're just going to attack everything they see. True. You could definitely teach it to try and get the ball to the try line. Yeah, and that's what you need. And then they'll just like, it would just be chaos, I think. Do you reckon, well, how's it going to pick up the ball? It doesn't need to. It's just one of those, it's a fighter. Yeah. It's like, it's like you know, second row or, you know, flanker. They don't really get the ball that much. They're just going out there tackling and hitting <laughs> Yeah, I like it. I've probably displayed a complete lack of not rugby knowledge there, but yeah, you have a bit. But <laughs> we'll see. 
counters any argument though man tackling an ostrich yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those internet memes where it's just like I don't know a black guy on a snowmobile your argument is irrelevant and, and stupid things like that but yeah I just I think it'd be hilarious I like definitely that. add a... yeah me too I'm on board <laughs> so let's make right. it happen no dear, one dear, R- dear RFU <laughs> no one watches rugby league so you might as well just try it out there yeah I think it would be better than rugby league wouldn't it because rugby league is more of a tackling kind of more yeah than yeah definitely sports that are um, for mine I want to introduce pheasants into Formula One <laughs> what <laughs> as drivers no 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 no. that's nothing to do with it keep the drivers the drivers are pretty good as it is okay? they're, the, they're the best uh, this season um, Jack you'll know this because you watch it a little bit but for anyone listening who doesn't know and Casey I'm pretty sure you don't follow it um, this no. season they introduced a thing called DRS which is um, drag reduction system Yeah. Uh, and on the straights of racetracks um, you go past a certain line and if you're one second behind or less the person in front of you you can hit a button and your rear wing a flap on it opens so you've got much better aerodynamics and I think it adds up to something like 12 kilometres an hour which doesn't sound like a lot but when the cars are that even it's it's a big big difference with a slipstream um, yeah. and a lot of purists Fans of the sport don't really like it because they think it's just it's just like an overtake button, basically. It requires no skill, anything like that. So I want to even the playing field and make it more interesting. <laughs> now, if you've ever driven on the roads, you'll know pheasants are a massive danger. Because even though hitting one isn't really going to do you very much damage, you always like break or swerve when you see one, generally. It's like the natural reaction is you don't want to hit something. That's ingrained yeah. in your head. So if you've got a DRS zone on, like, on the straight, then what you have is you have pheasant releases on like a chicane. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, at any point around the track, um, when someone is 10 seconds ahead of someone else, this is going to even up the field because this season Red Bull are running away with it. If you're 10 seconds ahead of someone, a random number of pheasants will be released across the track. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a greater danger to Formula 1 drivers because will, that will knacker a front wing. Uh, yeah. It's open cockpit, so it could hit you just in the face, <laughs> which is going to hurt a lot. Um, if it goes in the air intake, that's goodbye to a car. Yeah, could knacker a tyre, could do any number of things damage-wise. Um, and I think that would definitely even up, because you'd either be hard on the brakes, or you'd swerve, you'd lose your line, you'd go into the gravel pit, you'd go off the track, you'd go off the racing line, whatever. Yeah. Um, and that would even up and it would create a much closer pack which is better because competitive racing is more interesting to watch so you'd get overtakes you'd, the DRS would be more effective because more people would be within one second but then it would be evened up the next round when someone had to like dodge three pheasants um, <laughs> I think what would, what would be uh, interesting is you could add like an extra strategy so that every race team can put a certain amount of pheasants in their car <laughs> and they can release them over time but obviously it's strategy because if you take too many pheasants you're going to be slow if you, have, if, you have, if you have no pheasants obviously you can't deal with people like coming up behind you <laughs> get the pheasant balance also yeah. uh, along with like Mario theory, Kart <laughs> it is turning into Mario Kart at 200 mile an hour it's brilliant <laughs> but the whole thing with um, like in, you know they, they say that in wartime is the best time for technological advancement right um, in exactly the same way if there are pheasants randomly running across a, a section of track that say you do it in Monaco, a track that's been run for decades, everyone yeah. knows it, everyone knows the line, everyone knows where you can have foot to the floor, everyone knows the braking zones. If you throw that off, it actually um, revitalises the racetracks. 
So they become new tracks. And it also means you're going to have to come up with technologies to deal with the fact that you've got to dodge a pheasant at 140 miles an hour. So would the, I mean, would the teams know, like, pheasant release points? Oh, yeah, no, there's a designated pheasant, pheasant release point, which is okay. uh, approximately opposite to the DRS on some tracks, but um, it will be in the tight technical stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah, that's... that's I mean, if, you, if you put it on a straight, a car would just rip through it. You wouldn't be able to see it, would you? No, 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 no. I'm talking in the, in the slow speed stuff. Yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah, I like also like how you said, "Oh, you're ten seconds ahead." Like criticizing me for doing the maths on the ostrich. <laughs> you're like, I think I think ten seconds is a bit too much from the advantage. That's that's when that's really when you need the pheasants. <laughs> hey, I've thought about it. Gave me some thought. Yeah, clearly, I mean, I think we've all put a lot of effort into this podcast. I'm I'm encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> now, Casey, you're usually the one who doesn't put any effort in because just to let anyone listening know, now before this podcast, you phoned me up or you sent me a text saying, "What are the questions?" <laughs> I knew two of the questions. I just couldn't remember your question. And last week, you said I teach children that Cheerios grow into donut trees. Um, so we're going to see how much effort you put in this week. Tell us, Casey, <laughs> what animal would you introduce to sport and why? <laughs> Well, okay. as Jack said, there's two ways you can go on this question. You can either try and cause mayhem, mm. or you can play on one of the animal's strengths. And I was ta- I was talking to my mum about this the other day because she asked me about the questions that we have. Yeah. And, and um, she she went with the uh, whole animal uh, how, playing on an animal strength side, and just was just coming up with. Oh, I put seals in swimming events. <laughs> that is so boring. <laughs> oh, you could put cheetahs in the 250 metre sprint. I was like, oh, Mum, <laughs> I want something interesting. She was essentially choosing the best animal to win at a sport. <laughs> yeah. That was it. So, <laughs> uh, but I was just coming out with all these random things like just putting bears in football and, <laughs> you know, kangaroos and kickboxing and all that sort of stuff um, and actually what I ended up choosing was I want bees in gymnastics <laughs> <laughs> oh I love you so much <laughs> I, I want to put bees sort of you know when they do the stuff on the beam and all that sort of thing <laughs> gymnastics I want to put bees in the beam like have a bee colony in the beam yeah. so they have to be really light on their feet and they have to be really good with their landing and that'll weed out everybody who's just really heavy-footed and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, they're going to have to put up with bees stinging them. If they're... <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to have to keep a straight face and you know keep posture and everything with all these bees coming at them. That's good. <laughs> I, think it could, I think it could dramatically improve gymnastics. I would definitely watch it more. Yeah. Especially if you were only allowed to play if you were like deathly allergic to bees. You want that gold medal, but you got to pay for it. Could <laughs> die a legend. Yeah. 9.9 from the Russian judge. But, yeah, it would just be like one of those, you know, those like sob stories you get in films like, oh, he desperately wanted to be a gymnast, but when he was like six, he was diagnosed with a bee allergy. <laughs> But, you know, so he went away and trained and then he, like, discovered a cure for, like, bee allergies or something like that. Right? <laughs> he went through, like, painful tests and, like, experiments to try and, like, change to God, the if you marketed that in Hollywood, they'd be like, right, it's a winner. <laughs> that's gross in 200 mil straight up. We've got a narrative. Where's Tom Hanks? <laughs> um, yeah, so bees in gymnastics, definitely. I, I like that. 
I'm trying to think yeah. if there's any other. What gymnastic events are there? You've got you've got the box. You've got the floor, haven't you? Where they just do the open stuff with the flags yeah. that move around. I don't really understand. Yeah, I think I think with the whole when it's just on the floor, there should just be Africanized bee nests in the area. <laughs> in the area. Yeah. <laughs> it would be great. And then maybe maybe you could combine that sort of gymnastics set with sprinting afterwards. Yeah, yes. well, we'll talk, we'll talk about that in a later episode. I was thinking, though, if you actually had African bees in the vicinity, you would, it would be the easiest event to get tickets for in the world. <laughs> I think there'd be plexiglass between the audience and the bees. Oh, thought about, I like that. Oh, what you, I mean, you know, though you get those, I'm not sure what they call them, like a kind of fish, where it like camouflages itself on the seafloor, mm. but it turns out it's like, and it opens a huge mouth and like swallows a fish. You could have like a few of those on the floor. <laughs> and so like, you know, you're doing this, like triple backflip handstand, suddenly you get eaten by a fish. <laughs> oh, I'm liking it. We're expanding all the time. It's yeah. fantastic. Um, Do you remember that time we talked about, it wasn't even a sport, it's just gauntlet running. <laughs> we just have various animals, like on the side of the gauntlet, you just got to sprint through and you never know if like a bear's going to come out. <laughs> or you have like a Takeshi's Castle thing where you have like three doors mm. and you got you got to run full path through a door and on like one of the doors is like a cat, the other one's like a dog and the other side is like a python or something like that. <laughs> and then you get another three doors and you got to like try and run through all of those. <laughs> Well, this is the most epic game in the world, and I can genuinely see the Japanese doing it. <laughs> so expect to see that on Bravo when he comes in. Yeah, Bravo's listening. <laughs> <laughs> Sponsors, y'all. Like, it's just, I've got millions of ideas here. <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it all seems to end with the competitors dying to an animal. It's <laughs> great. Um, this week, my question was um, if you could combine two or more sports, what would they be? And I came up with, I've got like a plethora of ideas focused around one and then pretty much any other sport. But as my best example, it would be MMA, mixed martial arts, and the 400 meter race. <laughs> right. <laughs> now the rules for the 400 meter race stand the same, except usually, is it eight, eight people you have in a 400 meter? Yeah. Yeah. You'd have four, but you'd right. remain, but the lanes would be open. So there'd be okay. no, no rules to do with crossing lanes. Um, it's a 400 meter race you're in mixed martial arts pads and you, it's first to get around the 400 meters now this is where the difficulty comes this is where the strategy comes into it I've been thinking about this <laughs> if you're allowed just to attack your opponent on, on, on a running event it would be very easy for you, to, for you to say oh we could just both just run and forget about the attacking right if you think you're mm. faster you reckon you can just run it but in the back of your head you know <laughs> Any moment that guy could kick your ankles and then just beat down on the floor. Yeah. And the so thing you, is, the 400... Sorry, go on. So you've got to think about that as well. So you'd, you'd both be strategizing to deal with the other person maybe attacking you whilst running. And yeah. it could turn out turn out to be a full-on like fight where like <laughs> they actually just fight for like 15 minutes. And then one of them has to struggle around like the last 320 yeah. metres. <laughs> just bloodied with the other person on the floor in the distance. <laughs> I thought that would work oh well. God. Yeah, I was wondering, because, I mean, it's it's good, because the 400 metres, you can't sprint the whole way around. Precisely, precisely. But if you're, if you're a fighter, you can sprint the first 50 to catch someone. <laughs> they're, they're like, they want to run it proper. You just, like, sprint after them, kick them in the shins. <laughs> and just, we'll just win that way. <laughs> I like it. That's yeah. good, actually. I think, yeah. I think yeah. it, it's, it's, kind of, it's, similar, it's similar to my one, actually. Mm. 
Okay. What did you go for? Okay. Well, I mean, it's kind of a bend on the question, but it's combining the long jump with the 100-meter sprint. Right. But like the further, the further twist, if you will, is that you run two races at the same time. So you have two 100-meter um, tracks mm -hmm. that are running perpendicular, and they intersect in the middle. And in the middle, you have a sand pit. <laughs> so the combo is it's a standard race, but halfway through... You have like this beastly melee in a sandpit with about fifteen other guys, and so at the point, the beginning, the first fifty meters, it's standard. But when you hit the sandpit, lanes stop mattering and combat rules apply, so you can attack any other player, or race <laughs> or whatever. And then when you finally get to the end, after sprinting and like beating other people, you have to long jump and get as much distance as you can. And then you're like your score is based like on finish time and also jump distance. And so if you do it that way, you kind of you really vary what kind of sprinters you get because at the moment they all like have the same physique hmm. but you could, you could go for like a long rangy kind of fast jumper but they're like weak in the scrum yeah <laughs> or you can go for a powerful sprinter who can kind of hold his own in the sandpit but he can't he can't really jump that well yeah. or personal favorite you just get a brawler who they might not be that fast or jumpy but they can just sprint half to 50 meters to like get first to the sandpit and then just beat people down I like it. So I think I think yeah I think that's that's my idea. So that's there's there's three there really. There's just a fight in the middle. What I don't know what sport you want to call that, but um, <laughs> well yeah, I suppose I didn't I didn't include that. <laughs> but it is a fight in the middle for whatever sport says just boxing. If you've yeah, got you three sports, I mean, you could... yeah, no, no, I know, but that that's another way of strategizing. That's the great thing about adding fighting to every event is that it adds strategy. <laughs> right? If you're like judging someone on their runtime and their jump distance, you should also like judge them like proper boxing score like damage done in the pit and add points and water because that way you've got three ways and there's three different ways to win you can either just go full pelt with a sprint and be a bit rubbish everywhere else or you yeah. can just attack people yeah but you've got to add the jump element in there as well yeah you know. of course of course so you'd have scaling points for each that would uh, yeah you'd have to you have to do the maths on it to make sure that like nothing's overpowered like yeah. If like sprinting gets you, if like finish time gets you more points, everyone will just sprint when there's. So. Yeah, exactly. You can't. You've got to get balanced there, which is tough. Definitely. That can. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll work that out in the, in the trial period. Yeah, it should be good. What about you, Casey? Um, I went with mixing ping pong with gurning. What's gurning? <laughs> gurning is idiot a folk sport, uh, <laughs> which entails um. Old men basically distorting their face into ridiculous shapes. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to, they put on, they put on like a, a horse collar, and and then they have to pull a horrible face with about bulging eyes, and they're, they're, it's generally the the less teeth you have, the better you are because you can put you can put your lower jaw above your upper jaw. How do you win? You just win with the most ridiculous face. It's judged by people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's judged. So basically, um, my idea for ping pong, obviously you're going to have the horse collar on, so that's going to distort the whole ping pong playing experience. Um, but also, if you win a point in ping pong, yeah. uh, wait, it's, every time you hit the ball with your paddle, you have to pull a face. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. When you win a point in the ping pong, mm -hmm. um, the judges decide whose faces were the best in the preceding round mm -hmm. um, of the preceding rally. And if it was your, if it was your um, 
faces when if you scored the point and your face is one mm. then you get a bonus point and if it was the other guy's faces then your point doesn't count oh okay that's quite cool as well balanced I like it <laughs> so it's <Amazing>. like speed gurning <laughs> racket sport yeah pretty much uh, that's that's going to be tough to judge because the speed that people who play table tennis go pro table tennis players <laughs> trying to judge like a gurning contest would be amazing yeah. you'd have to have like nine line judges <laughs> yeah and you, you get you get marks down if you pull the same face twice in a row of course yeah that's, that's obviously mean, we do but sure, surely if you were just a really really good at gaining you could just have no pin pun skill but never lose <laughs> Could go on forever, yeah. But, um, I wonder what would dominate. I mean, because like pinball at the moment is generally dominated by um, East Asians. Yes. <laughs> so it would just be like a really weird Irish old place. A new wave of players from Cornwall. Yeah. <laughs> Taken it by storm. <laughs> well, that's one thing. Also, I think... Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say that all of our de- ideas so far tonight, just they, they, they rejuvenate the sports. Because there's very yeah. few new sports these days. Um, that's, true. that's why it's quite nice watching things like the X Games because it's something different. Yeah. Um, but all the, all the sports that have been around for like hundreds or thousands of years are just they're a bit stale. So just adding something in just makes it so much better. I think it's. I mean, the other problem is you know how East Asians, <clears throat> with a lot of their like sport or piano, they're really kind of dedicated to it and they sacrifice a lot for it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you'd hear like stories of like Korean ping pong players like getting their face stretched or having their teeth knocked out just so they could win. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. That's true. But that's their decision. If they're dedicated, they want their gold medal. Well, it might not be their decision. It might be like the state's decision. Or something. That's North Korea. <laughs> well. Oh. Yeah, I can't go that far. Um, moving on before we're attacked by a dictatorship. <laughs> um, my... Well, you live in the UK, so you already are. Ooh, backlash. Ooh. Fighting talk. Indeed. Yeah, I know. Um, Casey, what was your question this week? My question was, if you could change one rule to any sport, what would it be? Okay. Um, and I decided that the um, that in football, you should have to do it dressed as a transformer made out of cardboard boxes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I have so many questions. I'm just going to let you have them. More important, it's like, I just love your answers. It's like, you are that child in the sweet shop. You go straight for the first thing you think of. There's no future planning. It's, we want this now. We don't know why, but we're doing it. So it's like, hey, shopping around. Yeah, sorry about that. Okay, Casey, do tell. Um, I just, I, I'm really sorry, but I just find football quite boring. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of it is just passing to other players. And I, I, when I watch it on TV, I never know where the ball is because I don't know whether it's up in the air and really near me or on the floor and really far away. Uh, I get confused easily. Yeah. Um, but I think if they were all dressed as Transformers, it'd be amazing. Like cardboard boxes, and obviously they have to make their they have to make their costume themselves. They. Um, that would be part of it. They can't just buy designer Transformer costumes made by Nike or anything. Um, it would just be scratchy little costumes. Um, you could and have like, I just um, think... Sorry, you could have like fan-submitted costumes that they have to wear. <laughs> yeah, that'd be amazing. For the captains. Okay, yeah. You what? I was going to say the fan-submitted ones could be for the captains to designate them. 
I just, like I think because um, when you're in a I, I don't know whether you guys have ever made a robot costume from uh, cardboard no but, <laughs> okay, fair enough well um, you generally have like one one side of the cardboard box to see out of so they'd be sort of blinkered and that'd make a picture <laughs> uh, and also passing the ball would be ridiculous because you've got these big cardboard boxes on your feet and <laughs> There's no like sort of inside of your foot to keep it controlled. You just you <laughs> round and blunt control. Yeah, especially kicking a ball into a wall and expecting the wall to control it. I just love the idea of actually the um, the post game interviews because like it's obviously fairly like it's it's very stereotypical that all all the interviews are really like dry and all the players are generally quite thick. He's like, so why do you yeah. think you uh, you lost the match against Inter Milan today? Um, he's like, well, I didn't have time to practice my free kicks because I was making my Bumblebee costume. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm really sorry. <laughs> but they'd say it in such a dry way, it would just sound so serious. And it would sound like it was yeah. like, obviously meant to be real. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, you know, at the end of the day, we just didn't have the cardboard to make it stick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. And, you know, all, all, credit, all credit to the lads, but you know we need to do a bit more work in training, and uh, you know, kind of upgrade our glue supply. Spend more time in hobby, hobby, hobby craft class. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, that's fantastic, Casey. You've done well. Though. You've done very well. Yes, that's already good. I'm impressed with that. Uh, so, uh, what, what, what did you come up with then, Jamie? Um, <laughs> mine might be a little contentious with you. Oh, this is going to be so good. With me? Yeah. Well. Oh, um, here he comes. The sport of the rule I'd like to change is rugby. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I'd like, to, I'd like to remove scrums. Of course. <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> I, I even thought about that earlier. I was like, Jamie's going to remove scrums from this <laughs> Just for anyone listening. Um, for a long time, every time I watch rugby, I really enjoy it. But I hate scrums so much. <laughs> I hate them more than anything in sport. And uh, Casey, because he's a bit of a purist with his rugby, thinks they're a great idea. <laughs> can't give up on the fact he can't welcome the new age. It's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming. Um, but I want to get rid of scrums because every time you watch a scrum, and I defy you to find like it is got to be no more than five percent of them. Whether it's either it's restarted because it over-rotates or it's restarted because it collapses. <laughs> That's the only point of a scrum anymore. And uh, I was chatting to another friend of mine and he was saying, oh no, they're just badly refereed so like one team get uh, like is a bit like sly and they like push forward earlier. If you have like world-class referees who can't referee them properly, it means it's broken. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just the end of it. Oh no, it's not a particularly amusing one this week apart from the fact Casey's a little bit angry. I just really want to make the point that they need to be removed from what is otherwise a fantastic sport. You're such a dick. You're such a dick. <laughs> no, bring your arguments. I will crush you. Well, how, what did you propose they do instead of scrum? Just a kick. What do you mean a kick? I don't know. <laughs> just like just a kick somewhere. Kick it where you want. Just a free kick. <laughs> that's, what, that's, what that's, about, a, that's, a, that's a penalty there, which is like too harsh. Yeah. What about a smaller scrum? Like a five, a ten-man scrum, so five either side. But that's not gonna. There's not gonna be any more balance in that. It's not gonna collapse though. 
No, but it will. Co- the, the the reason it collapses because like there is like one team either pushes first or one team is like underpowered and it gets rolled down because they can't keep the strength. I think it, I I honestly think it collapses because the average weight of rugby players has gone up ri- a ridiculous amount in recent years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. So they they are literally humongous, and now it just collapses because there's just so much weight involved. Whereas in amateur rugby, they they hardly ever collapse. Hmm. Like whenever we played rugby at school, they the scrums never collapsed because we we just weren't heavy enough to make them collapse. Hmm. But the, so if there's if it's ten v ten and then it's five v five, that there's that's not been balanced up, has it? Because it's just going to be five against five. They can't support the weight of it, and they're just as heavy by scale. If you see what I mean. But I think it's the structure of it, as in like you have a lot of weight in the middle of the scrum. Alright. Yeah. And they're the ones that have got the least they've got the least base to push from as well. Oh, I was gonna say. Okay. So you have like a lot you have like a lot of push from the back, if you know what I mean. And I think it's mm. like That's what rolls over. Like, yeah, and you have like a lot of weight in the middle, like pushing the back and it just forces it down. Yep. Yeah. I thought I thought you were gonna go <laughs> with um why don't they just throw the ball forward? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they all, they keep kicking it to the opposition as well, and I can't work out why. Um, I don't understand either. Just like keep the ball in, just like throw it forward. I don't, I don't know why they keep You're not going to get any closer to the trial end. You throw it backwards. No, they should get a round ball as well because it, it would bounce better. Um, yeah. But like, I don't know. They could work on that. It's not been around that long. Um, yeah, Says he who watches hand egg. I do enjoy a good game of hand egg. <laughs> <laughs> hand egg is the most ridiculous sport ever. No. Stops. It stops every. 30 seconds for an ad break. That is because it is a leisure sport, much like golf. Yep. You're supposed to be there to eat food, drink beer, chill out with your friends and just watch it. You'll be Watch Coca-Cola ads. That's the great thing, actually. The three, That's the great like trifecta of AdWords when you want to watch American football. You come out after a game. Yeah. And first of all, you're like, oh, I want a cause light. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be cold. I'd love a cause lower now. And then you're just like, oh, I could really go for a Dodge pickup truck right by now. Yeah. (laughs) And then, like, at the end of the game, you've forgotten one of the other adverts that's always in there. You're like, I could really deal with an erection right now. Where's that Viagra? (laughs) I need that Cialis in me. (laughs) There's nothing more I want more than to watch sport with an erection. Um, Sip cause light in your pickup truck with an erection. With an erection. (laughs) Living the life. It's the American dream. It is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what about you, Jack? What, uh, what rule did you want to uh, Yeah, I'm going to mess with golf. Excellent. I mean, I changed... Yeah, it's like you said, you know, I mean, I play golf occasionally and it's good fun, but it's that's what it should be. It's more of a relaxing pastime than a proper sport. Yeah. Um, actually, I changed one rule um, to make it better, but then I thought I could make it a lot better by changing a couple more, but I'll talk about that later. So, rule number one... Um, is that the winner is no longer the person who completes the course in the lowest number of strokes. It's the person who completes the course in the lowest time. So, <laughs> so you off. just have, yeah, you have like these great watching like blokes in proper golf gear just like bombing it around on these pristine courses, just hacking away and then just like <laughs> sprinting after the ball. <laughs> that makes more sense to be fair. Yeah, that's that's much better. Time trial is much better. Um, more exciting. Um, so the other, the other couple that I think would be great is that number two now is that you can hit any ball you find. So now, like, <laughs> if you want, you can hit your ball and run over and like try and take out another guy by like smacking his ball into the water or like into the railway or something like that. And I think I think that would add like a bit of strategy and excitement. 
And final, final rule number three, um, standard for me really, to add a bit of violence, is that you can make contact with any player. <laughs> so now, now you can get some proper fighting, like fighting action, like trying to defend your ball from an attacker with like a golf club. I can't help and it, it also, I think it also adds some like decision making with your clubs. So it's like, you know, do I take a five iron or do I take like a two by four with a nail in it? <laughs> <laughs> Not great in the whole putting, but you know, <laughs> that's fantastic. It's brilliant. You've renovated, you've uh, yeah, rejuvenated golf. I, I would watch the hell out of that game. <laughs> Any of those rules would be good. I genuinely, I genuinely think time trial golf is much better than stroke golf. That's honestly just a better idea. Or that you have to play golf drunk, like a minimum of like ten points before you go out. <laughs> Combine pub golf with that. Actually, <laughs> so there's a pub in between every hole. There's just a little stall at every tee off, and you have to drink the set drink before you tee off. <laughs> That'd be so good. Oh, it'd be brutal on a full course. Yeah, it's like get to the twelfth hole, and you're just like completely wasted. Just collapse in a in a bunker. <laughs> Wake up with sand in your mouth in the rain, not knowing what's going on. It's not even about like getting around the lowest time or the lowest score. It's just finishing, <laughs> surviving. When you make golf a survivor sport, you know you're under a winner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we seem to have we've gone through. We went through the first section quite quite slow, but we've we've bashed through these. But I think that all the answers have been really good today. Yeah, yeah I really definitely. enjoyed them. I was always I was looking forward to this like all afternoon actually. Um, yeah, was it? It's a bit like a lot of the other ones when we talk about it is like a bit of contentious issues, but these are just so silly that you can't you can't stupid. like de- you can't debate matters of logistics, really, can you? you just um, get them ostriches in there. Actually, I was a bit offended by the rugby comment. No, but the thing is, you suggested something which no one else has ever suggested to me, and you have won the argument. Strums may mar- may remain if the players decrease to um, increase the balance of weight. Yeah, there you go. That's fine. You fix rugby. Cheers, bro. No worries, man. I think, they just, I think they should just throw the ball forward. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> like every other sport does it. They are a bit a bit rubbish at that. Um, so winners this week. Who's feeling lucky? Uh, I honestly think, uh, not to my own horn, I think for sport and for uh, adding animals, I reckon it's a draw. Right. In my opinion, I thought they were all fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. I'd, uh, yeah, I think Jack's was pretty special. Oh. oh. Jack, what do you reckon? Uh, if you think you've got it, man, you say it. I think no, it's a I, I, don't, I don't think so. I mean, I'm trying to decide between yours and Casey's, actually, because I just think, like, bees and gymnastics is so wonderfully silly and so wonderfully Casey that... <laughs> But then, since I'm just like having the pheasant spat against like a guy's face at <laughs> 200 miles an hour, is also <laughs> rather enticing. It is enticing, and then you got. Oh, I think it's a draw. I go for a draw. Yeah, that's quite a draw. All right, draw it is. And on combining two or more sports, um, what were the answers? Jack, I really oh, liked combining long jump, sprint, and fight, just because mm. there's so much strategy there. Yeah, well, maybe Casey. What was your name? In case he was gurning in ping pong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that doesn't win, simply logistically speaking, because it would be impossible to adjudicate it in any way because of the speed at which they play table tennis. 
Yeah, true. <laughs> so logistically, I'm afraid. You'd you have to that. have an ad break in between every uh, 60 second period. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, that'd be just like hand egg. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so I think, Joe, what do you reckon for that one? Who do you think wins combination? Uh, oh, I, I will go with Jack because I think the logistics were just a bit better than yours. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll agree on that. Um, I like the idea of the stupid answers. For once, we've come down to logistics. We've just completely yeah. like double back from the usual. Um, and if you could change one rule, um, Casey, I just, I just want to see footballers change rules. Oh no, yeah, they can't. Nothing beats that. Nothing beats it. It's like uh, so many of Casey's. They're just unbeatable. <laughs> I'd behind the radiator with the tin of beans. Is one of my um, personal all-time favourites. That's still my plan. So. Hasn't changed. Obviously, there's no, there's been no recent developments that's changed his mind. <laughs> yeah, I give, I give that to Casey. So it's, um, it's draw, draw Jack Casey. So what does that mean? Draw. At least he didn't win this week. No, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. I think it just, just means yeah, just a, it's just a draw. Just be a draw without with me scoring nothing, which is quite sad. Yeah. Well, are we doing? If we're not doing like one point for a draw. Thing, no, we're right? not. I just feel like I just didn't score. Just didn't even get one on the board. Um, so right, so it's a draw this week. Um, yeah. Who's it's, turn uh, to pick a topic? It's Casey, isn't it? Oh yeah. Have you got um, any ideas, Casey? Uh, have we had television? No, we haven't, we have not. Would that be something we'd like to try? Very much. All right, let's, let's go for that. All right. So thank you for listening to Dump the Magic Eight Ball. We're going to talk all about television next week, and we'll see you then. Bye bye. See ya.